America has evolved over the years. We've made a lot of positive changes for the good. But whatever happened to patriotism? Wait, that'd be a great name for a podcast. Well, here we go. Welcome to the Whatever Happened to Patriotism podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whatever Happened to Patriotism podcast. Some people call it Mike and Pedro show. Pedro's yeah, here with us. A, yeah, what's up, boys? So we have a good friend of the show, Jake Wilcox, in here. Say hi, Jake. Hey guys, how's it going? I've known Jake for about 15 years now. It's aging both of us. Uh, we both served in the military together. Jake was uh, doing security forces at the Oregon Air National Guard base with me. He is the father of the year that I talked about on Father's Day. We'll uh, go into that in a little bit. Wrestling coach or wrestling dad, football part-time coach, totally involved in his kid's life. Introduce yourself, Jake. Yeah, I'm uh, certainly not... Uh, was not self-proclaimed about the dad of the year, but I appreciate the sentiment for sure. Yeah, I do still coach. Like I'm the linebacker coach for our high school, and I've coached the past five years for wrestling. We'll see what happens this year. Um, I'll still coach club wrestling, though. You know, wrestling is is where is the passion for my family. My both my son and my daughter are state champions. Um, is your daughter wrestling this year? Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's a, she's a junior, so um, we're expecting some big things from her this year. And as you already mentioned, the son is officially sworn yesterday, so he's he's off to boot camp and. We got the, the text this morning of the address to his squadron. And, you know, that means he won't have a phone for a few weeks now. San Antonio, like we were. Yep. Yep. Good. Good old Lackland. And they say the same things. I mean, uh, they were giving him the briefing about how to get through it. And, you know, it's the, it's the same things we heard, you know, ch- live childish house under the Sunday and boot camp doesn't get easier. You usually get better at it. You know, the same, the same terms we heard. What brought him to joining the military? I know when you and I had talked, you said, don't do security forces, basically the infantry of the Air Force. You want to steer him a different direction. Was he, what brought him towards the Air Force? Was it your previous military history or what the college incentives? What was he looking at? Duty to country? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently he'd always had the idea to, to serve. Um, I, did, I wasn't aware of it. To be honest with you, he uh, had so much success in wrestling that I assumed he was going to look into some, re- some college wrestling. I had handful of college coaches reaching out and wanted him to take some meetings. But, um, you know, with, with COVID, it just, it kind of started weighing heavy on his passion for the sport because, you know, we were struggling to find places to, to practice and, you know, going into some of the national tournaments where, where some of the kids in these, in the red States were getting to practice freely. And we're, you know, we're having to hide and, and, and sneak around to get to practices. And uh, so, you know, the training was far behind at some of the national levels and he, you know, he'd taken some losses that he wasn't used to taking and just, it burned him out of the sport. He ultimately decided he wanted to join the military. Well, I, I then said, you know, let's let's think about what job you might want to do and in turn choose the best branch for that. And he wasn't having it. He he knew from I guess a little kid when he saw me in my uniform that he was gonna join the Air Force. So nice. um, yeah, I was, I was I was certainly proud after I'd found that out, but it, yeah, I hadn't known that until just recently. Good. That's awesome. So daughter still has two more years of high school. She's doing the wrestling thing. Did she have the same struggle with not being able to get practices in as well? Yeah, I mean, there's some some national again national level tournaments where there's some girls that were just pretty prepared. And Washington State wrestling for girls is one of the best in the nation. So, you know, a couple of the girls that she had lost to that she you know typically would have had some had some more success in wrestling in and, and you know probably made better matches or even could have won some of them went on to be 
national champs or you know the top eight, you know, all Americans this, this last year. So some states and some clubs were just not really listening and and which I don't blame them. And we're practicing regardless. You know, we were having to be a little more careful down here because obviously not wanting to get shut down or you know, having yeah. leases and, and stuff on some of the facilities. We didn't want to lose the leases. So our practices were limited. And so yeah, she had some of the same struggles, but she knew she had a couple more years left. So I don't think it weighed as heavy on her. And we're excited about the upcoming year and hopefully some of the more freedoms. You know, this sport itself definitely got singled out. I mean, they were having us uh even just last year in the high school season, we had to test for COVID before every match, you know, which I think initially you'd think wrestling, of course, you're going to be more exposed because you're, you know, wrestling and grabbing on each other, but you got to put it in perspective. We're, we're wrestling with one other person for a total of six minutes. If it goes that long. Um, and then that's it. Masks are back on. We're social distancing, you know, take basketball. For example, you're, you're on the court with nine other players and you're going to have contact with them over the course of you know four quarters. And then there's subs coming in and out. I mean, you're going to get exposed to all 12 players on the other team as, along with your own. So, you know, some would argue that wrestling was probably one of the safest sports, but yet we were the only ones that had to wear masks during competition and then also test prior to every competition. So we're hoping that stuff doesn't uh, take place this year or yeah, this year, but of course we still live in Washington. So they were having to wear face masks while they were wrestling on the mat. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. That's Which, tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember I watched a, a video from one of the other states that uh, it was in the state semifinals. So the kid, that one was going into the state finals, which is a huge deal. And, you know, if you're a high school wrestler, that's the pinnacle, right? Almost getting into the state finals is almost is almost more important than winning it, believe it or not, because um, you just dream of getting into the dance. So uh, they wrestled, and the kid was one kid was wearing a mask, and one wasn't. Uh, I don't know if it was his school district that required it, but uh, the kid that wasn't wearing a mask, you could tell he was just he was at the end of the match. He was winning, but he was running. He was backing away. He was trying to do everything he can to, to for the time to stall out or to, for the time to go out. And when he won, he dropped on his back, took the mask off, and just laid there and breathed rather than jump for joy for making the state finals. Jesus. Yeah. So that was just indicative of a, you know, a scary situation when you're trying to gasp for air and breathe. While yeah. No kidding. Competing. Yeah, dude. I, I rolled jujitsu, and uh, man, oh, you, you you have to you know go into go into different gyms or um, even just practicing with like friends and stuff like that. Like, yeah, rolling with a mask is. Ooh, it's it's tough, man, for sure. It sure. is tough, and to have to actually compete, to have to have to compete, and then add with that added layer of stress, and all your all your organs and everything like that are working in a different different way. It just wow, yeah, I, well, I couldn't even imagine. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've I've only done a very small amount of jujitsu, but I mean, I, I imagine there's a few moves that where you could use your sleeves or some other part of your lapel to actually cover the face and cover the mouth. Yep. And yep. so, I mean, if that's the case, wouldn't that yeah. still be the same as covering a mouth in a, in a wrestling match? And yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's nuts, man. I'm not going to lie. There's some, some, sometimes like I'll catch myself, like having to catch like this big wind of breath and yeah, it, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to see what happens this year, what kind of mandates roll down. And they've already said that we, per the, the WIA regulations that we have to at the very least test twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but is that if they're vaccinated or not vaccinated or does it matter if they're not if they're not and as you know i chose to get vaccinated and that was simply because i knew they were going to require it in order to go down and watch my son graduate um and you know for those that well not very many know my story i know you do i was facing a divorce when i entered the military and so in turn i didn't have anybody there to watch me graduate so it was kind of a tough deal you know, i wasn't getting the letters from home like i like most people would so I just want to make sure that my son was not going to face the same type of environment. So I was determined to be there when he graduated. 
I wasn't in your position with not having someone there for graduation to me, imagining being there by myself at graduation with nobody to be able, it's such an emotional rush getting oh, yeah. through that. And then you go to tech school or having someone to be able to write home to, it would be very difficult to get through that. So for you, I mean, I don't think you're huge on getting the vaccine anyhow, but for you doing that for your son, it's, it's a huge step for, yeah. you know, being a sacrifice as a dad, which like I said, I talked about in the Father's Day podcast. So I'm going to brag on you a little bit. If you guys don't remember, go back to the Father's Day podcast. Jake has taken, since I've known Jake, going through the divorce, and then he has done everything to sacrifice for his kids. It, Good, it, it's social life or career or anything else, it has been kids first. So if you were to look at his Facebook, you would just see, I'm doing this with my kids. I'm doing that with my kids. We went on a trip here. You know, this is the car I got for my son, which your son drives a nicer car than I do. You know, (laughs) just the different things there. And then the huge thing to me that motivated me was as I was looking at it today, and I wish I had this, is the relationship that you have had with your ex, despite any other hardships, so that you can have the kids, both parents at family, at holidays and events. Yeah, that's huge. Very very fortunate that, um, you know, once we got, we agreed on the divorce that it it came about just wanting, you know, our own lives separate, right? I wanted mine, she wanted hers, but the kids were always first. So that, that was the foundation. Now there's no question that over the years, there were some things that had popped up that, you know, I just had to decide what was more important, right? I could fight it or I could argue it, or it, it almost became a bit of a managing situation where I had to manage the, you know, whether it made, whether, whether it mattered, whether certain things mattered that popped up. Um, there's things, things I just had to take the L on, right? Sometimes I just had to, t- to lose and not get what I wanted, but in the end, it ultimately was always about, about my kids. And so when you say that uh, I sacrificed, I appreciate that, you know, certainly I, I guess it, on paper it would look that way. It never felt that way because it was always the, the choice of, of choosing them was just the easier choice for me. Part of it was that the alternative choice left me with so many regrets and resentments and just was easier to, to choose the, the other path of, of hanging out with the kids. And the, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a good run. And one of the weird things of the, of the boy just leaving the other day was when you only identify yourself as a, as a parent uh, for all those years, you kind of wonder what the heck's next, right? Like, what do I do now? We'll yeah, you got a couple more years to figure that out, right? You got at least yeah, a couple more years to figure it out. My daughter's like, you know, 16 going on 35 and she's been the most mature person in the house for a couple of years now. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, she's going to be raising me pretty much the next couple of years. You've done a very good balance between single dad home and bachelor dad. It's a, it's a good balance. I'm glad your daughter was there to help you balance it out. For me, you know, it was always like, okay, well, there's a picture over there. There's a couch over there. I mean, it was just definitely a guy's place, but your, your place is very well balanced. Yeah, I you know I I probably share I probably have a little more metro in me than than I want to than I want to admit. I like to decorate and I like to shop. I like to have lots yeah. of clothes and lots of shoes. Yeah. And I have like ninety one pairs of shoes. I think is what my last count was. I like um, it. All Jordans, <laughs> right? Uh, I did just purchase literally uh, four pairs of shoes um, last week or this week, and three of them oh, were Jordans. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at <laughs> so, it. I like it. Uh, yeah, and so uh, in any event, yeah, I guess the balance of the bachelor versus the single dad. Um, I don't know how much of it was actually bachelor. I mean, there was never like pizza boxes or anything. Yeah, I, you know, was, that was really important to me. Actually, when the kids were young, was just to make sure that they it, they came home to a place that looked like home. I didn't want that to be such a a, a big difference from their coming from the mom's house to mine and 
That's good. Uh, that's something that I I'm not that I'm struggling with, but that we kind of have. Cause I, I, my girlfriend has a, uh, has a son from a separate marriage. You know, it's, it's, a, it's always a struggle when he's coming home from dad's, you know, coming back from dad and, sure. you know, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, making it, making it still feel like home to him. So he has his stuff here, has stuff at dad's house. And, you know, sometimes that gets kind of, kind of muddied a little bit because, you know, he wants to bring stuff from here back to dad's house. And it's like, no, if you don't want you to do that, I want to keep it here to, you know, see so yeah. fun stuff here still, you know, so it, it can be, it can be a little bit of a struggle for sure. Yeah. I had to balance that too. Uh, I typically made um, more money than, than the ex did. And there's times I was able to do a little bit more, but I didn't ever want to be the Disneyland dad. We've all, mm-hmm. you know, we've all dated, dated ladies or women that had a son that was, or had a kid rather that was coming home from Disneyland dad. And yep. it did make it tough to, to try to, you know, try to parent when you're in that role and you're yep. like, well, the kid's a little, you know, a little brat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's because dad's not, you know, dad's not holding any discipline and we're the bad guys. Right. Yep. So I didn't want to make sure that I never, I never made the ex, you know, and I, I, I mean, it kind of brings up another point is I never wanted the ex to look like the bad guy or not have, the money she needed to survive or whatever. So your child support was never an option. Like I wanted to not just pay it, but I also wanted to contribute half of whatever, everything else that was going on because it contributed to the quality of life for my kids. Sure. I could be the hero when they're with me, but I had to worry about their quality of life and there weren't. And so that was where I had to think about, you know, it mom's quality of life matters too, because happy mom, happy kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And and you know, that's part of it too. Like, no, nah, I I appreciate everything you just said, man. Cause that's, that's, that's pretty much, yeah, dude. That's, that's like when you're cognizant to have that wherewithal to kind of see that, like, I don't want, you know, I'm not trying to like just change up the, cause there's already a dynamic change, you know, with the family right. and everything with the separation yeah. and things like that, you know, and having to navigate childhood plus, you know, having parents that don't live together and it's just kind of, you know, you, you don't want to have that dichotomy between yeah. the, the parents and everything like you want to keep it as stable as possible. So, you know, I appreciate everything you just said, dude, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think the, I think the only one thing I did that was, uh, you know, that was maybe, you know, Hey, this is the Disneyland dad thing was, was Christmas time. Right. I didn't want to confuse whose house Santa mm-hmm. went to. So mm-hmm. right away I was like, uh, this stuff's from dad. <laughs> this, <laughs> this badass thing was that's from dad. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what Santa brought you over there, but this is what dad bought you uh, outside of that though. I was, I did make sure to be uh, aware of, of what it looked like, you know, being able to, you know, I, I did take him to Disneyland. I was on, took him to, to Hawaii a couple of times. Yeah. And, you know, and I, again, it was also a lot of blessings and grace from the ex and her husband, her husband, her husband might've been the, the most critical point when he came in the picture, you know, we became a, we, we created a text thread that all three yeah. of us wrong at yeah. all. And so we only communicate that way. And so if anybody had a tone, you know, there was always additional eyes on it. They could be like, well, Hey, wait a minute here. Yeah. No, that's good. So that, that that's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a n- nice little dynamic you got going on there. That's awesome. Yeah. I got us through. It, it was, it was <laughs> you know, it was a blessing. No question. Yeah, for sure. I've been single probably, I don't know, 10 of the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm surprised still how often I may you know go on a date or meet somebody and dad's not, not involved. Like I could, I could imagine how bad a relationship must be that for me not to want to see my kids. Yeah. I, I never, I know, I don't get that as far as like having that responsibility and, and creating life and then not giving a crap about it afterwards. Like, I don't understand. I never, I never get, yeah. I never got that. I never understood how someone can come to that point and it might be the relationship, but at that point, 
it's it's more than the relationship, right? It's more than than whatever history you had with that one person, right? Now it's now it's you have this other person, this other thing, yeah, this living being invo- involved in it, and uh, and to not care about that when it's your own blood, that just ah, uh, just it it blows my mind sometimes. I just don't understand. It just it, yeah, it's yeah. like a chemical thing, right? It's it's like a, a, a just inherently inside. I couldn't even you know. It's not like I make a proactive choice to you know, want to be involved. Like I have sure. a, something inside of me that pulls me in that direction. So yeah. I, I, it's weird and to, to know that it doesn't yeah. you know, have that same chemical yeah. reaction to somebody else. Fuck, man. Quick question for you. And then I want to talk about the one flaw you have for <laughs> our uh, listening audience. Are you currently only, only one though? Only one. Are, though. are you, are you currently single Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Single. Uh, you know, I, 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 I get this question a lot, you know, how could, you know, you have your stuff together. You, you know, I don't, I don't really drink, you know, not that I have anything against it. I just never really acquired the taste. So I just don't do it often. I'm a lightweight when I do, you know, don't do anything else. So anyways, I think collectively on, on paper, it'd be like, Oh, you seem like a pretty good catch. And I do well enough for myself that I could, you know, have nice stuff. So I get that question, uh, you know, how are you single? And it, you know, honestly, it's just cause I don't ever want to be in the same situation where, where I was with my first wife or mm-hmm. you know, maybe even a relationship or two after where you just wake up and feel unhealthy. I'd rather be alone than wake up and feel unhealthy. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with my kids being younger and having to have their split custody. Cause initially I was like MIA when I had the kids. Um, yeah. And that wasn't very fair for anybody that was dating that I was dating. And when they got older and they got to the point where they wanted to see their own friends and whatever um, I was able to try to do the dating more serious. But at that point now, now I just still make sure that I, it just feels good. Right. Cause I want the last half of the life to be, you know, all that fun stuff. And I have the means to really make it fun. Right. I have the means to say, just take Friday off and let's just, you know, get flights to go wherever. Cause it's none of it's ever that far or that expensive in terms of, I guess, the relation to what, you know, my income is. And so uh, now it's really almost critical to find like someone that would really fit that. <laughs> you Fuck, dude. You seem, you sound so enlightened. Like you sound like you're like <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And I'm like, just like this little Padawan, like, like just like, Holy shit. Yeah. That's uh, God damn dude. <laughs> I made all the mistakes, man. That's the only reason I, I made them all. And then, you know, now I know which ones to avoid, but <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I'm very, very fortunate. I mean, I've, I just had some doors open for me and I took advantage of some of that stuff and you know, professionally. And then, um, yeah. And then again, with the, with the, with the, the dating stuff, I, I just, I would, if I saw the flags, I didn't ignore them. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I, I would much rather be with somebody. I, I still feel like the best version of me is to have a partner by my side. And there, I probably mm-hmm. need adult supervision when it comes to um, you know, shopping, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, my retirement accounts are all good. The savings, are good, but man, if it's extra, I'm like, Oh shit, what can I spend now? You know, yeah, and, yeah, and also, yeah, then yeah. I end up with four boxes of Jordan show. Up at the door. <laughs> um, so I probably need an adult there. Uh, but yeah, I, there's no question. I'd much rather have somebody to you know go see movies with. And, and, um, you know, so the best part of my life or an additional great part of my life is still waiting to come with, I have a, when I have the best friend, That's female awesome. person. Yeah, that's awesome. We have to talk about your flaw. So yeah, no. The please, ladies, no. the ladies that are listening, know what they're getting into. Is it like my weight or what? Or, <laughs> no, what? no, it's this whole. Uh, this show has now become like Tinder for you, Jake. By the way, just, yeah. just, just, yeah. So, just so you know, dude. Just so, <laughs> so for women that prefer four seasons, uh, Jake only believes in one season. Oh, <laughs> Tell us no, about no. your uh, your fall fetish <laughs> and Christmas. There, there, thing. Okay, there, there's there's two there's two seasons. Uh, oh, and, winter and, and not winter. <laughs> <laughs> they got it, and they are they do. I do have my own dates for them. Fall. I, I got to really work hard not to start fall like by August fifteenth. 
Um, it could easily start August 1st for me, but August 15th is kind of like, okay, we got to go to fall. And then it goes all the way till November 1st. And for me, November 1st is, is now Christmas time all the way yeah. until, you know, the day after Christmas. And I'm pretty bad last year. Uh, I bought a new house last year and it's, it's a newer home. It's three years old or so. And so I really wanted to have like new decorations and I spent, <laughs> I spent $4,000 on just Christmas decorations last year. Holy and, shit. Uh, yeah. I went, I went, I went hard. So, uh, yeah, if that's my flaw, then boy, I, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Look, I'll take it, dude. That's the only flaws I know about with you. So that and spoiling your kids rotten. I don't think that's a flaw, though. That's I like more I like I can't an confirm asterisk. or deny that this is a pumpkin spice. Already. Fuck yeah, dude. Already. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, so, dude. Before we run out of that's time. That's a man that's comfortable in his own skin. I appreciate it. Oh, man. I appreciate I'll, it. I'll be a basic white girl. That's fine with me. <laughs> All right. Before we run out of time, Jake, you need to plug your company. Talk to us about what you do. What you do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I work for uh, Gateway First Bank. I'm a loan originator, a mortgage mortgage guy. Yeah, I, I can I can work in 41 states. So I'm licensed in 41 states. You know, obviously the questions are, you know, rates are are at a historic low still, even now. Um, they're not as low as they were just last year, but they're still lower than they've been in the last 20 years. You know, if you're if you're looking to to ever purchase or you're looking to purchase the next one. Re, uh, refinance for either the lower rate or, or wanting to pull some of that cash. I mean, right now, if you had a lot of equity in the home and it's just sitting there, it's not a bad idea to pull some of that out and use that to, for investment purposes. You know, prior to this, as you know, I was in the the investment industry, so I know how much that stuff grows versus how much the value of your home grows. And you can make you make your money work for you. Um, there's ways to do it, and having the the knowledge and uh, the experience on both sides. You know, I love to have that conversation, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm happy to help anybody that has any questions about mortgages and, and purchases and, and refinances. And yeah, dude, I need a house. I need a house bad, man. You know what? I tell you what, people are, are shocked to see you know how, how qualified they are and never knew it. The standards are pretty minimal. I mean, they're pretty hard. There's a hard line about what you need to have and what you don't, but uh, they're pretty minimal. So um, you'd be surprised how qualified you are, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I was paying rent this whole entire time, and yeah. So I, I, I've been talking to some, to some friends and they're first time, a couple of them are, or a few of them are first time uh, home buyers. Yeah. And they've been telling me that the, the, the market's like pretty, it's pretty like cutthroat right now. Like they'll, they'll put a, they'll put a, uh, um, a price down on a house and uh, they get overbid by like, you know, yeah. X amount of, you know, thousands of dollars. And just like, fuck, I can't, I can't yeah. demand it. You know, I can't, what, what, you know, what, what are some, uh, some things they can do or what are some, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know much about the, uh, um, the, the housing market. So I, I yeah. I'm really just super new at this. And if I'm trying to get started in it, like, what do I need to look at? And it can be tough. It can definitely be tough for the first time home buyers. And because a lot of times first time home buyers don't have it, have, well, they don't have a lot of equity to put down, right. They don't, you know, they might've saved up for their um, down payment or they're going to use a down payment assistance program, which I can, I can help, you know, especially in Washington state, their offers can seem to be a little less um, appealing than someone that's kind of come in and put, you know, fifty percent down or twenty percent down. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean they're. It doesn't mean that they're they're dead in the water. It's it's just tough. It's, the problem is going to always be that rates will never go low, and and how and and then off and the houses not go high, right? I mean that just that's generally what drives it, right? Rates go low, all of a sudden more shoppers. The more shoppers on on a house that was three hundred thousand dollars that has twenty offers is now worth three fifty because that's what people pay for it. Yeah. Um. So you're never going to find one without the other. Only maybe a, a little delay, a couple weeks, right? Wait, rates are low now. Couple of weeks later, or a month later, all of a sudden there's a ton of ton of buyers. But when someone says, "Oh man, uh, I'm waiting for the house housing market to go down or the prices of houses to go down," well, that will happen when rates go back up. So 
now you're talking about a wash, right? You wanted to pay, pay a, a mortgage payment of 2,200 bucks. You know, well, rates being low, that's for now a $375,000 house. When rates go up, now you're qualified for a $315,000 house. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's almost a wash. You just get in when it's going to best fit you. Um, in terms of how to get your offer accepted, I, I would. there's a couple of things. First and foremost, it, it's just going to be a matter of numbers, right? How many offers you put in. Um, but it does matter who you're working with as a lender. And the reason I say that is because my sales isn't often to like the client, like, hey, I want to help you buy a house or... It's not to a, a more a, a to agent. Hey, I want to work with you. Let me you know. Let me tell you on how I'm doing. My sales often comes in when I need to call the agent of the seller and say, Hey, my offer, my client just put an offer in, and let me tell you a little bit about them. And then yeah. I go into the sales mode. You know, they're great buyers. They're credit, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and so then that can matter, right? Because you can work with a lender that doesn't do that, but I'll do that for any of my clients that are struggling to get their offer accepted. I'll call the agent and I'll tell them, Hey, tell your seller to call me. You know, I'm happy to share any information and and because that's what it boils down to. It's the sellers that are going to look at the offers and then they're going to want to find the one that's going to be a for sure close, right? Nobody wants to choose a risky offer that falls sure. through and now they are now they can't get their next house. Um, so now, again, now it becomes a sales game of how do we sell the seller on accepting the offer? And, you know, man. I can sometimes help with that. Dang, man. Heck yeah. Okay. All right. Cool, man. Cool. I appreciate yeah. I, I like all that. That's good information. So yeah, you asked uh, me to post the number up on the <laughs> <laughs> cell phone number. Here it is. <laughs> we will put your, uh, we'll put all that on Facebook when the episode drops. And, and what, what yeah. was the mortgage company you were for again? Central? Uh, Ga- Gateway First. Gateway. Gateway so First. Gateway, yeah, it was yeah. Gateway Mortgage Group. Uh, we're, we're, we're just, my my sole core competency is, is doing mortgages. Um, but we did buy a bank two years ago just so that we can operate under um, banking standards with banking money, which means we, our rates are competitive and we yeah. have more loan uh, loan products. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, a, I never worked at a bank. I don't, I didn't start off as a teller. I only know mortgages. Okay, so. cool, man. All right. I, I yeah. can, I can speak to Jake. He, he had one of my a refi for me and that was the easiest process ever. Oh, sweet. Okay. It, was, yeah. it was closed in no time. He was talking to the people in escrow. He was handling everything. I wish all you know, SBA loans and car loans wouldn't that easy. So, <laughs> but on that bombshell, we do have to get out of here because Zoom's going to kick us off. So thanks for joining us, Jake. I'm going to... Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, dude, that was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll have you back on sometime. Pedro, uh, you want to do your thing? Please do. Yeah, Mike and Pedro, guys. Peace out. been listening to the whatever happened to patriotism podcast the whatever happened to patriotism podcast can be controversial at times the comments and the opinions of the host and guest are for entertainment purposes only and not their actual opinions while the whatever happened to patriotism podcast is about first responder heroes this podcast is in no way affiliated with any first responder departments 